0: Hey, Benedict. Hey, Daniel. Did you listen to the podcast last week? I listened to last week's podcast today, yes. Yes,
1: that's what I meant. Perfect. Did you
0: notice the increase in quality? Um, I noticed that you edited out the part where we talked about how ugly we were, and I was a little hurt by that.
1: I'm trying to remember. I did edit out one tiny bit, but it was... Oh, because I probably... called that one company's employees hot. Yeah, but it was, it was more because... <laughs> The way right, we said it was really that. weird. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You said that the employees were good looking, but I think you meant that in the like they look like they are good at their jobs and qualified. But like, no, I meant like, that they were like
1: of... they have this whole office of attractive
0: people. Oh, so you did mean it like that?
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. I meant like they were just all good-looking people. Like,
0: <laughs> anyways, probably deserve to be cut. I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, let's just start with a uh, sixty seconds on it here. So yeah. I tweeted, I don't know, an hour ago or a little less than an hour ago asking if people listen, because we have people that listen and we know some of them, but a lot of people listen and we don't know who they are and we don't have any testimonials or reviews because we haven't asked for it. We don't really push the podcast at all. We got some nice people. So like Rami, who's been really helpful and supportive since we launched the podcast, said some nice things. He's really liked following along. Ruben Gomez, who's been really great and helpful in DMs occasionally, and you mm-hmm. and I both listened to him on podcast talk about SEO, and I think that's been helpful for us. He tweeted some nice words, and then Heaton Shaw, who's a good friend of ours, retweeted it, and a lot of people have been now um, faving my original tweet through that one. And this guy, Josh Frank, said like, no, I don't subscribe, but I just did, and downloaded three. So I feel like we need to do a better job of talking about
0: it. Welcome, Josh.
1: Yeah, welcome, Josh, and welcome all these other people who faved my tweet and Ruben's tweet, because hopefully they click through.
0: You have an apartment now, but you're not there.
1: I, I moved into an apartment, finally. If you listen to the last few weeks' episodes, I've been looking. And on Friday, I signed a lease, and today, Monday, I moved in. I'm not settled in. bang, boom. I still have to unpack a lot. but
0: The middle-of-the-month move-in power move.
1: Yeah, exactly. We moved out of my pod and into the house in an hour and 15 minutes,
0: like including driving. <laughs> Sounds car. like you were living on a spaceship.
1: Yeah. So either way, it's good to finally be in a place and... It's been not actually a be half. there
0: while recording it.
1: No, but I mean, I was stood there in the middle of the next living room week. earlier and, and thought like, this is nice. This is good. Soaked it in. Yeah. I think, and we've talked about this and this week will be another one. Like I've kind of just been a little scattered and it's not being settled yet. has been a big part of that. So I'm, I'm expecting this next week and definitely beyond that will be really nice to kind of Locked get back into in routine and
0: everything. So, yeah, that'd be great. Do you. you want to go first? What'd you do? So, last week we talked about having calls with customers about the API, and that is a thing that did happen. When we recorded last week, we had two scheduled. I ended up having three separate calls with three customers about API and Salesforce stuff. Basically, like if we do this, we're building
1: it. What do you want? What would yeah, you do? Yeah, and with I think,
0: it? yeah. And last week we phrased it as, you know, if there's one thing that what's the first thing that you would do or what's the one thing that you would want to do most? And I think of the three conversations, I would boil them down as follows. One conversation, there might be some desire, but it wasn't as strong. So basically one of the conversations was, okay, this isn't like top, top priority for you. One of the conversations was, I want an API so that I can export the data and access the data and know that I can do whatever I want with it like peace and, of mind right yeah it's kind of peace of mind and just yeah I guess it is peace of mind but kind of a functional peace of mind where you know it's about they have ideas of what they want to do and in you know making reports and mm-hmm. we that's a thing that we don't have yet and we won't have for a little while and For that user, it's in large part just knowing that they can do whatever they want because they'll have access to the data. Yeah, definitely. And then the third customer, that was much more of a Salesforce oriented conversation. And their main, the one thing that they want is to not have to spend time duplicating data that is changing or happening in arrows. So basically they have a Salesforce, a custom Salesforce record for their accounts where they are tracking the onboarding. And so when a arrows plan gets to a certain phase or completes a certain step, they go into Salesforce and manually enter the fact that that has changed. And so it's the sort of
1: thing when you hear it, you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe somebody does that.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely a little bit of that. So that's kind of their main priority is stop spending time inputting data that's already in arrows, basically.
1: Yeah, we've used CRM tools that, that map the stage in that system into the stage in another system. And so it's logical that we should probably do
0: that as well. Yep. And so I think my one of my goals from last week was get to a place where I have a more concrete understanding of what we should do on the API side slash Salesforce side and I think that I don't have a concrete understanding of what we should do necessarily, but I think I have an understanding of what the two main options are. Oh, that's good. Is maybe a better way of phrasing it. So I think on the one side I keep building out the REST API. That's sort of that second customer where they're all about being able to access their data, do whatever they want with their data. Uh, they also mentioned that they have a strong preference for Zapier over Salesforce for any kind of automation. So I think pushing that down is basically one avenue, Is growing the rest api actually making endpoints for most of the data that we have and then making sure that the zapier integration is really strong i think the struggle with that one is that that customer isn't fully up and running yet they're still getting going and so i think that it would be a while before we had a active customer hitting well that's where we started
1: right before the holiday i guess we really wanted to get one customer that would roll out with this before we did anything. So we don't want to build it and then have it linger.
0: Right. And so that's exactly, that's the problem with that route is that it's it's more clear of a path forward in terms of what we need to build, but it's less clear of a path forward in terms of getting people to actually use it. Then the other avenue is pushing further down the Salesforce side of things. And that, and then also tied in with that is figuring out how we would fire off some kind of events in the sense of right now there's no way that we have that we don't have a way right now in arrows to trigger something when a task is checked off so for example if our Mm -hmm. customer wanted to stop inputting data into Salesforce when a task is completed right now we don't have a system for that and so that customer's use case is a m- lot more immediate. I think that they are really bought in and that they would definitely go and actually implement this if we built it. But that implementation path is much more uncertain because it there's just a lot more stuff that we need to build for that to be feasible. And it's deeper in the Salesforce side of things where we just have less expertise and it would require some spelunking well, in terms of figuring out what how we would even do that. And we haven't, you and I haven't talked about this. We
1: said we'd talk after Friday when you had your calls and we haven't had a chance to, so we can dig into this more. But the, a lot of that sort of data change stuff in Salesforce based on events and arrows would probably happen through Zapier, right? So like, we don't even necessarily need to go deep on the Salesforce integration to
0: do that for that specific customer. Potentially, and I think that's the thing where that's where there's a little uncertainty because they the data that they're updating is in a custom record and mm-hmm. then yeah. it's a question of does the Zapier integration on Salesforce have the ability to modify a custom record or do they do the typical Salesforce wide, you know, account record, yeah. opportunity yeah. record stuff. So I think that's kind of where so you yeah, need that to do some, digging. some digging. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah, because if we get into the X event happens in arrows and then triggers something in another system, a webhook or some automation or something. We've thought about that a fair bit, and I have like a mind's eye version of what I would expect that to look like roughly in the UI, but that would be much more of a commitment. Totally. So I wonder you know, if there's a shorter-term version of that that we know we can build on or something, mm-hmm. but we'll talk about that yes. next, I guess. Yeah. But the other big thing you, I'm really excited about, I was just testing, you made a staging server for us finally,
0: Oh yeah, this is Vartalk. This is where we talk about code for a minute. Yeah. You need to make some theme music.
1: <laughs> there we go. So we've updated the turbo streams and all the new hotwire stuff from Rails. And we are now, it's enabling us to do a lot more real-time user interfaces and and delayed grabbing of data so the page can load very quickly and then we can shove in the data as we need it. And you basically did that for our dashboard, which is the page we've set up one customer, actually the same one with the Salesforce problem, keeps having timeouts on that page because they have a lot of data. And it seems, I mean, I just tested it before we got on. It seems like you've quote unquote fixed it.
0: Yeah, it it seems last week we were sort of uncertain whether it would be achievable within a week timeframe, but in the end it it was doable and it is now implemented. And yeah, it seems to fix it. You noticed a small issue where tooltips aren't showing up in certain places but that's pretty minor and then yeah like you mentioned the other part of that was figuring out a staging workflow so now we figured out a way in heroku to create review apps which are basically you can spin up a quick hosted app on any pull request which is a really nice way for us to be able to test things especially now if you're in code less and there's stuff where it's just i want to have something up and running that i can show you and you don't have to do a bunch of work or you know if there's a bunch of test data that i need to load so for example you know, for these performance tests, I need to load a bunch of, a lot of test data so that it actually stresses the system. Then you don't have to go and figure out how the rake test works and all that. You can just click a button and go to a hosted review app. So we will always use the, those custom or those
1: randomly generated Heroku. I was wondering why we didn't maybe set up a staging dot arrows, but it's so we can tie it to a branch.
0: Yeah, there's there's definitely some drawbacks to doing it. Like you said, we don't get a fixed URL, so doing we also anything don't get with, like like when the emails come
1: and it's a login link, you have to copy it the yep. and the the token, not the yep
0: yeah yeah. So there's definitely some small drawbacks, but I think for now it is the best solution for where we are at right now. I'm cool with that. And that works. The benefits
1: seem useful, especially if we're both working on stuff like that.
0: Yeah then I think the last thing, we're kind of getting close to time, but last week you mentioned that there was a new VP of success at one of our early customers and that you were like, it was funny listening to you. are like, oh yeah, this is a common source of churn. Uh, when <laughs> and then new... we had churn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we lost
1: that customer that we talked about last week. They decided midweek that they're probably going to use Asana. And yep. we were. I was back channeling with the CTO who is a friendly of ours. And basically, I've been in this mindset of we should fight for customers if we can, especially given our stage. Like The things we would build for them are likely things we have on the roadmap for other people. But if they want it now and it's important, we'll build it. And I'd rather build it for them and keep them now than build it in three or six months from now and not really gain people. And I asked, is there anything that, as you're talking to the team, and let us know if there's something I can build and if we had it within the next two weeks let me know. Like I'll build it. I would delay the marketing site a week if I had to go drop everything to build some feature. And it, it just seemed like there was probably too many things, too many deficiencies to overcome. And yeah. they they indicated they'd like to come back. They really want to follow our progress. They, they understand that we are on a trajectory that will probably better serve them in the future, but right now we are not that. So they're moving off of Basecamp, probably to Asana for all the powerful features it has. But over time, they can I think they suspect that we will, you know, hit those things
0: that they want from that and then
1: supersede them. Hopefully.
0: Yeah. And I think the last thing is just the website. I don't know. We don't really have to talk about it. Yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, well, I, I, I cursed myself last week talking about how nice it is to write copy in Figma. And then there was a whole afternoon where the Figma file wouldn't load because they, they launched some new code that was breaking files or something, the sync server or something like that. But now it's back in there. I have a lot of the copy written for the homepage. Need to finesse some more, but you looked through it with me on I think Thursday and you seem to yeah, really like great. it. Yeah, I'm excited about it. So now I just have to get a lot of that still have to get into the site format. I'm I'm kind of missing I feel horrible that I keep missing these deadlines I keep setting, but I'm giving myself a break. So back yeah, off. There's been a lot going on. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: There was one week last one night last week where I was just like sitting in my guest room at my brother's house, just quietly in the dark, just like feeling overwhelmed and just like, okay, there was some shit that happened. So it was just like all of that. And then now, luckily everything seems good and I'm in my spot, so it'll be good. Yeah. Excited. Cool. Well, we didn't really set goals for next week, but I think there's a continuation of what we're doing. Maybe you'll have a clearer idea of where you're going with the API and I will finally have the site ready
0: yeah i think right a lot of those goals come from conversations that we have before the podcast but of course we haven't had a chance to do that because you were moving today so that's fine
1: yeah and i have to go move after this so yeah all right talk to you next week later bye